Hi, welcome to the Chasing Brighter podcast with your hosts, Kelly and Jessica. Join us on our journey to find the best versions of ourselves. Kelly, I know that we're obsessed with longevity, um, having glowing skin, um, healing our gut, and I love Warrior Strong Wellness products. Um, we love, we talk all the time, the multi-collagen protein powder, the collagen tides and bone broth. But I'm also obsessed with the ashwagandha. Um, it really helps me manage my stress levels and stay calm. Um, Kel, are you adding ashwagandha into your routine, your supplement routine? I am. Jess, you remember I was having all these like stressful, this stressful situation happening with my kitchen reno. And yeah. I started taking two of these a day in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I just noticed a level of calmness that um, I'm able to sustain throughout the day that really helps me not feel so anxious. Yeah, I was taking two in the morning and two at night. I stopped taking my two in the morning because I was like, is this really doing something? And then it, like my, I feel it. You know, when you wake up and you're stressed, you kind of feel it in your stomach, you feel it in your chest. Just taking two in the morning really helps me feel calmer. Um, and if you check it out on Warrior Strong Wellness, coupon code Chasing Brighter, that's one word, Chasing Brighter for 10% off. We continue our series this month for healing and coping with grief. In today's episode, we continue our conversation with Dr. Corrine Cherrick. We shift our focus away from grief and loss and specifically look at suicide and the layers of complication for the survivor of suicide. Dr. Cherrick also continues to talk more with us about her special spiritual gifts and how being a medium has helped her to grieve and help others grieve. Henderson Fire Department, when they had that suicide, I don't know if you are familiar with it. Uh, it It was the first... Um, on duty, I uh, can't remember the exact term, how they use it, but first time they let a suicide be treated as um, line of duty death. It yeah, was, that was, was that 2018, 2019? 2019. 2019. 2019. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to tell you is that's, so I had, I had been praying for my gifts to come back because all those 14 years I was with that therapist and doing work with her, she did not want me to be working as a medium. And that's another story for another day too. But she was right. I shouldn't have been playing, you know, doing those, that kind of work till I was strong enough to not get pick up energies and things I didn't want to pick up. Um, but 2019, when this happened, after that experience with Vicky, I went to the um, I went to the fire department and I was uh, the young man's wife was there. And I do have permission to share this. Um, her husband came through me. So the trance channeling started. I didn't even know what it was. I've never had this before. When I worked as a medium before, I would hear them. I could see them, but it was a clear, they were coming to me and through me, not inside me and coming out. This It was more like just a, on the phone, out the phone. Mm-hmm. So what the first time Robbie came through, I was, I was giving her a hug and all of a sudden she goes, you feel like him. Well, I'm a woman with that small. He's a larger man. She said, my hope, like everything changed. I cried like him. I felt like him. And I'm like, uh-oh, now what's happening? And 
I asked for my old gifts back. I didn't ask for new gifts. So um, I reached out to a friend and she connected me with Dr. Helena Waba in the IONS group. And she she has a book on channeling that I'll be glad to share on intuition and channeling. And she said, you've been gifted another level of mediumship. And so if I get quiet and, you know, go into that space and give permission and ask, ask for permission and protection, I can actually let somebody come in and speak through me where I, I'm, I'm there, but I step aside and they can have their connection. I find more people, and this is what I would say, because we do want to talk about suicide. People will come to you and say, I'm suicidal. Do you have a plan? No. Are you, do you just not want to be here? Yes. A lot of people don't want to be here. It's so painful. That is not suicidal ideation. That is uncomfortability. That is that is why we seek that anesthesia, drug, alcohol, food, mm. shopping, sex, whatever we're looking for to fill that hole. It's the uncomfortability. My understanding, the anecdote to addiction is identify, express, and feel your feelings. If we could learn to sit, do you know in other countries when people are grieving, they get, they gather and they they wail. They let the mother or the people just just like you let a sound out to birth a child, you let a sound out to grieve a child. Like there's all kinds of practices. We don't want to be uncomfortable. Well, of course and, not. And so and we I love, like, I loved, I, I don't know, I read a book last year and it was like, we think we need to be comfortable all the time. And sometimes we're just uncomfortable. Yeah, that, that, that was like mind yeah. blowing for me. Yeah. And it is, it's like, and other, what other people are doing and saying is about them. So when they want you to get over the grief. It's about them being uncomfortable that you haven't moved on, you know, like they don't, you know, they don't want to to like deal with that, you know, and what, and when I talk about, you know, wanting to talk about suicide, it's like survivors, right? The survivors of suicide, Mm -hmm. it's a different kind of grief. And you let me know if this is wrong, but it's, 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 it's like that child that, sorry, that, that person chose to die versus being a victim of circumstance or, or what do you think that is that's maybe that's not the right wording well first of all there's no wrong but but when it comes to suicide it's complicated because if they're on medication a lot of medications side effect is suicidal ideation right. i'm going to i'm going to go a little further here i think that when people are at a brink of suicide there's a chance they've picked up an energy an entity or or there's some mental illness that's developed i don't think anybody there might be people who like who are completely clear in mind and they're like, Hey, I'm going to end my life today. Like you're, there's layers of what else is happening. I don't know anybody who's who, who appeared to be, I'll say a hundred percent sane. I I don't, I'm sure there could be, but I don't know who that person is. I deal with more people where it's um, accidental overdose. Now the suicides I've worked with where it's been, they've used, they've used clearly, they, they did something, you know, uh, to, to end their life. But Suicide and and murder take death, a grief to a whole nother level. Yeah, because there is there is a human involved that took an action that could have been prevented. That's okay. what I think. That's what I'm getting at. Not that that's yes. what I believe, but the survivors are telling themselves they left, like they chose to leave. Right. That's kind of what some of the survivors. And what I've if they seen. did? And what if yeah. they did? There, and I will send this to you, but there's a book called Emmanuel and he addresses suicide and he, and I, I, I think this would be good for us to share and, and, and have it on, you guys can have it to share on your website because I use it a lot in my office and I, that, I don't have it in my home office, the book, but it's, uh, it's the book of Emmanuel and it's on suicide. And he says something to the effect of 
So what does it mean to you that your brother died by suicide? Nobody dies in a vacuum. You go inside. So you they get to explore what does that mean to them? Yeah. And most of us go through the coulda, woulda, shouldas. If yeah. only I had. Yeah. And I personally, I, I've read the AA big book a lot of times. And there's there's a chapter in there on acceptance. And it says absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And I choose to believe that if that person chose to end their life, if they truly had a conscious choice and they said, this is what I'm going to do, um, then there's then there's a story there. There's something to unpack. Mm-hmm. Now, because they're gone, we don't get to know unless they left a note, everything they were thinking or feeling. But we do get to know that they did make that choice. There's a movie called Blackbird that's about a conscious suicide that that would be good to watch. A woman You're has just tra- reading and watching such uplifting things mm-hmm. here. I mean, like what? Well, that's what I was, I was going to tell you that one of that. So this is how I heal music, books, movies, mm-hmm. travel. Uh, but I'm mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, I'm so weird. Can I talk about it? Like if it's a book, I don't know why I can like take it and handle it when it's heavy, but if it's like a movie or a show, that's so much more difficult for me to intake um, than, than like reading the book I think, about it. But everybody's different in that way, yeah. right? Because I think a lot of people prefer to watch a show than read a book. So Sometimes. so if you haven't read, um, 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 there's a couple. Lovely Bones. Yes. Um, oh, yes. That that is that. I am not kidding you. That has helped me create my idea of life after death that was so like healing for me um i just loved that that i loved that and i like i took parts of that in my own belief system it's really good the other one is the shack it's a book and a movie must yep. read it must see and read yes see the movie watch the movie please I didn't watch the movie okay I read please the book. watch the movie please <sighs> and i'll tell you why because you'll be able to refer it to so many of your clients yes. because it addresses so much and it will probably touch on every emotion because it touches on about every issue. It's not a true story, but if you listen right. to, so if you watch the shack, then watch restoring the shack where the author tells why he wrote this. It um, is a phenomenal story. That one it, is, wow. I still, um, I think I have to like read it 10 times because to me it was very like, what do I want to say? Because they talk about the Trinity a lot and Mm -hmm. I need like a graph and a chart and I don't know. I need, because I'm like the movie, okay. The movie will help me. Okay. You, you will, you will, it will be, you will be so surprised. The movie the way they portray the Trinity is like nothing that has ever been portrayed. Right. Before. Yeah. Nothing. Wow. So, and how they, how they address judgment and forgiveness yeah, yeah. and life after death and grieving and abuse. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it's what I believe. But because you do have to get through the beginning where his daughter's murdered. So that's the heavy part, right? 
for so me. Just like you were me. saying a moment ago. So be on, be with the discomfort, <laughs> yes. but the end is so worth it. It's right. so, listen, if I can watch right. it, you can yeah. watch it. No, okay. I mean, I, you're right. It's like, isn't that funny that I can like read a book and I can read like rape and pillaging and death and whatever, but when I have to watch it in a movie, it like, it hits me different. So um, get with the discomfort and and watch that and i think i do maybe can get some more lessons from that but that wasn't that was an excellent book i did read that. yes and i will tell you that so i was surprised because i had read the book and when i first read the book i wasn't healed and it was assaulting at first i was like oh my god this is so hard yeah. but when i worked at the treatment center when i spoke with this the the medical director and the psychologists who were there they said look the people who are here have been through this this gives them hope this gives them hope because they ha- they have either lost a child or they've yeah. been molested or they've been dealing with addiction or they've been judged or they whatever there's a lot of uh, moving parts and i feel like if we're afraid to talk about something we need to look deeper at why yeah yeah it's the same with like if my clients come in and say i'm afraid of death it's like well what does that mean like why what like you know what's the underlying thing there what does that mean if you die and all of that stuff but i think right. with with the shack i think so many times we're on a quest for why bad things happen to good people or why bad things happen. And I think the shack is a beautiful story at explaining, you know, cause or navigating. I, yeah. For my yeah. experience yeah. as a trauma therapist, I have a lot of clients who, who come in or have gone through that of like, if God existed, why did this happen? Why did I go through this or yes. that kind of thing? And I, I think the shack, um, does a, a beautiful job of, of yeah yeah and especially so when you watch the movie it might be clear but for me i no longer use the terms good and bad at all mm-hmm. i i believe there's possible soul contracts i believe that before we come in there's a soul group nothing is by accident here so what if what if there are what if there are past future present or parallel lives what if we've been here before and what if this time Maybe the things that happened to me in this lifetime, I did to somebody in another lifetime. What if this is atonement? I don't know that. So is it a good or bad experience? No, this is what happened. It was difficult. It was uncomfortable. It was unfortunate. Uh, I used to think that way. I was raised Catholic. Everything was good and bad, black and white, you know, shame and get all that kind of stuff. So I don't do that today. I'm I'm sorry when things happen for people to people. I, I will say to them, my heart is with you. It is so unfortunate what happened. I try to watch the words because I read the book, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And I don't really know that a lot of bad people. I know people who get sick yeah. and do bad things. I know people who get addicted or let their addiction take over. And that's something I'll say really quickly here. People think addiction is a choice. It is not a choice. If you have the gene for addiction and it gets activated, you're on, game on. You will have to take action to think, to have new thinking. There's no quick fix pill. It is not a choice. It is a choice to pick up this bottle of water and drink it. Yes. It's a choice to pick up the food and put it in my mouth. But the disease that's saying, don't you want that? What goes on in the brain, that has to be arrested. And that's what I want to say and go back to all of this, whether a person's dealing with grief, addiction, trauma, any kind of loss, everything's loss. If you're, if you're traumatized, you lost innocence, you lost time, you lost your health, you lost something. If we learn to be in the present moment, if we learn to feel those feelings, be uncomfortable, let them come up, 
if I can just get through this moment, I'm through that moment. Just for this moment, I'm okay. And then build that moment and that moment. And then all of a sudden I'm getting through a day. And then that day leads to another day. Like if we just bridge and link things together till we get some kind of grounding so we can go a little further, that's going to allow for things to happen. Um, or more organically is what I want to say there. Like if we're here to, I thought we were here for a spiritual purpose. I thought this is a spiritual battle. I always believed life was a spiritual battle, but I, we still get to have fun. We still look, we're having fun now. And we're talking about the heaviest subjects mm -hmm. there are, but it is a joy to work with you, Jessica and Kelly. It's a joy for me to be able to share my experience, strength, and hope. But for anybody who would be listening that is grieving, my heart is with them. I pray for people every day, anybody who's suffering from anything, especially grief, trauma, loss, addiction, abuse. I cover it all. Yeah. I pray for everybody because most people need something. Even if they, if they want to receive it, if they don't want my prayers, that's okay too. But I know people prayed for me and I used to be able to feel it. And it, it was comforting to me to know yeah. someone was thinking mm. about me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so in the shack and back to the whole good and bad thing, I would rather like when my daughter died and granddaughter, Jess had culpability. I mean, she is accountable for her actions. Her baby daddy is accountable for his actions. The doctor who made the mistakes is accountable for his actions. The black mold in her brand new apartment, the, the, the people who made those mistakes, they're accountable. If she didn't have bad luck, she didn't have any luck at that time. So I don't believe it was bad luck. It was destiny and, and it was made sure she was going to go. There were so yeah. many things that went wrong. And I would rather believe she was a volunteer than a victim. Yeah. Mm. I, I think would that's rather... so, <coughs> sorry. <clears throat> I think that's comforting when we have that narrative and find the meaning in it and know like that's the way it was supposed to be. And I think that is, Kelly and I have talked about that we have um, a lot of strength and resilience and gone through our own traumas, but the messaging that we got growing up was things are happening for a reason. And maybe our journey is to find out that reason. And so that's always helped me get through um, difficult times because I'm like, there is meaning in this. I am going to find meaning in mm -hmm. this. And so what I'm hearing you say is when we're able to do that and get into that mindset, that is how we can begin the healing of searching yes. for the purpose and meaning through that. And yes. that, that is the work that you're doing. Yes. And I, I would encourage anybody who's willing to, to journal. I started journaling years ago and a lot of them got burned because that was the work part, but I have enough journals from um, when I went back and looked there were so many messages there, but I didn't understand them. And yeah. now they make sense. Like Jess's watch breaking. Yeah. Her time was up. Never thought that. She had dreams that she, I read her journal and she had dreams. Her daddy came to her twice and he had never come to her. And it had been 17 years since, since he had died. The last year of her life, she had two dreams. I was so grateful. My daughter loved Tupac. And we'll talk about that another time. But Tupac, and he came to me in a dream and he kissed me on the cheek. And I'm like, please let her see this, please. <laughs> she loved him so much. And then we found a connection between Tupac and her dad. That, that's another conversation for another yeah. day. There can be so many ways of finding these. This, this life is like a tapestry and each thread matters no matter how mm -hmm. difficult yeah. it was or how wonderful it was. When we get to the point in life, when a person gets to the point in life and they can say, like, I will say this to you too right now, 
I wouldn't trade this moment for anything in the world. That includes losing my daughter and granddaughter because I wouldn't be here if I didn't, if they didn't die. I wouldn't have self-actualized to the level I'm at. I wouldn't be willing to do a podcast. I wouldn't be writing a book. I wouldn't be working as a medium again. I don't know what I would be doing, but now that I can make so much, not I don't want to say sense, but the purpose, my whole purpose has come forward because it started in in, in utero. Yeah. I've allowed, yeah. I've prayed. When I was healed of cancer, I stood at a casket in Omaha of a, a fireman friend who had just been killed in an, a line of duty death. And I stood there, I was diagnosed with cancer and I, I hadn't done all the treatments, the natural treatments before my surgery. And I said to God, if I haven't been clear, I wanna live and fulfill my life's purpose. I came back, I was guided to do 10 things. And in one month I went in for surgery and my cancer was all gone. I don't know what happened. I did self-forgiveness work too, but what I wanted, I, I did pray that prayer though. And I say that because that prayer and the self-forgiveness, I think were two key components. The other things helped, I'm sure, I'm sure they helped the, the, the detox and all that. When the doctor did the surgery, he said, what did you do? He thought I was the wrong patient because he did the first biopsy and there's nothing there. Yeah. My point to you is if I can have a miracle, so can other people. And that's what Christ said. Greater things will you do than I. He did miracles. Why are we not expecting yeah. miracles? Mm -hmm. yeah. So look how many subjects we've talked about in a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah. There's, 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 it's fascinating to me. It's just fascinating to me where, well, we, because of the internet and the things we get to do now, we don't mm -hmm. have to wait for letters to come and the mm -hmm. book to come in the mail. We can listen to a book on tape or we can watch a movie and, and then read the book. We can do it any way we want. We didn't have that. How many years ago? Mm -mm. Yeah. We are living at a time where we, yeah. as hard as it is, is as, as amazing as it is for me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Very true. So I want to, I want to full circle back for one second to, um, um, suicide because we are coming up on two men what's well, going to be passed by the time this airs the moons are more intense these days last month was the first month i actually had two clients who were suicidal uh, actively that doesn't normally happen because we try to stay ahead of it I can't control people who use plant medicine i can't control people who continue to imbibe i'm not trying to control them but the, the energies are intense. Why do you think the energies are intense? If we're supposed to be in this breakdown to have these breakthroughs, the planets and the moon and the sun, they're all supporting us to push us, to nudge us forward. They give us opportunities. Does that make sense to you? We've got two super moons in August. Mm -hmm. One is tomorrow and one is the end of the month. Yes. Be prepared. I, this, it won't matter because by the time this airs, yeah. but be prepared. There's, there's a lot. We are being emotions well, are yeah like you're saying the breakdown before the breakthrough you know and um you um it is it's th that's one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about that and address that this month because it's like we're talking about it no one uh, has not been impacted by death dying grief and suicide um in these last few years um, we all know someone, we've all lost someone. And I think it's important that we talk about it and push through the discomfort so we can learn about it and do the work, Yeah, you know, and go ahead. 
There's another movie that you I want. It's a true story. You got to watch. Both of you watch this. Give me a second. Is it Take Care of? Oh, Maya. Maya. We're talking about Take Care of Maya. Yes. Yeah, Did you I. See it? I it's on my list, Creed. I'm <clears throat> I'm trying to get the courage to watch it because I know what happens, and I just think I'm gonna be hysterical um, for two hours. But I it's downloaded. I have it downloaded, and I'm I'm gonna try. I had no idea what happens. Please don't tell that. I had no idea what happens. I won't say, but I I just because someone said, "Oh, is that the story where blah blah blah?" And so they blew it for me. But um, Kelly, it's it's a documentary. Okay. Um, and it's, okay. a, it's about a family, uh, it's about a family and their little girl, Maya. And what my friend told me about it was just that the, the girl had a, a very kind of rare disease, but because the parents kept taking her to, mm. they kept taking her to the hospital. So they removed her from the home because they were saying something was wrong with the parents and the parents were doing something. And so, and then they found out later, she had this very rare disease and the parents were correct. And reaching out for medical help every time, so it it just seems like it's that's going to be heart wrenching. I used to work in the in the foster care system and and work with that, mm. so it's going to be a tough one. But I'm preparing myself. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it's, it. It's so powerful. And what I want to say on that note is, all of us have blind spots, belief systems. Um, there's one more. Um, whether if sometimes we can't see what we can't see programming many of us have been programmed and groomed and we and we when we drank the Kool-Aid of some something that we've fallen into and this movie addresses that it addresses the yeah. the breakdown in the medical system i i was yelling at the tv i was yelling at yeah. the tv watching that movie can um, you do you have recommendations anything with unicorns rainbows and sunshine anything <laughs> bridge to terabithia okay okay <laughs> It does have death in it, but bridge to terabithia. Um, you know, I think, and I think that's the other part, Jessica and Kelly, that, that yes, I do watch lighthearted movies. I watch funny things before I go to sleep at night. Yeah. Like I love to watch the blue, the bleepers and bloopers from the sitcoms um, to lighten things up. But when you deal with trauma and live in this world, it's, it's the norm for us. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're used to it. So yes, there has to be the counteraction. But for there's, I've got a whole list, and I'll bring it next time of movies and books and music, and those things carry us, especially the mm-hmm. people who are in the trenches. Yes. And when 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 we did the when we were doing the suicide work um, after Robbie died in Henderson, it's the first time in my life I felt like I was in the military. We were boots on the ground. I I I've never felt so in the trenches in my whole life because we were there because right after a suicide is the risk for the next one. Yeah. So they had us out there for two months, making sure we talked to everybody. We were available for one-on-ones if they needed it. And so when we address the suicide more uh, intricately, we want to talk about that straight talk, no mincing words. I ask my clients directly or I ask them specifically, do you have a plan? Yeah. And if they do, I'm calling 911. That's not ever happened, but there's a difference. So, but, but if if people talk about it, sometimes you find out they want to die, but they don't want to kill themselves. I think that's so often the case in my experience is that it's, it's a, a, a way to express the pain. It's a way to express, I feel so terrible. I wish I could disappear. 
This is unbearable. I can't do this. You want to unzip and and something walk out and it doesn't work that well. And I, you know, and before we end today, what I want to say, and it's coming out more and more and it angers me so much. I wonder how you feel about this. I get very ticked off at those lists of warning signs for suicide. And my daughter just took like a health class and they were like things to look for, for suicide. And then NPR just had a story on like, this is what to look for in a suicide. Now you and I are professionals. I am trained and take hours and hours of training on suicide, and I'm never going to pretend that I can predict what anybody's going to do in the next five minutes. And so it angers me when we want to check a list, because that also exacerbates the experience of a survivor who's like, I should have seen this. I should have seen Mm. that. And it's like, no, you know what I mean? Well, that goes back to there are no accidents. I am not saying we don't want to work on suicide prevention. What I'm saying is I'm with you. We don't get to play God. If there are certain signs, yes, if there are certain things that if they're so blatant, please pay attention. If somebody threatens or harms yes, you or ask the question, like you're saying, are you, are you thinking of killing yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, like, cause we think, um, that's the one thing I agreed on in my daughter's health class was like, like, we're afraid that if we say suicide, we're going to make them mm-hmm. kill themselves right. or put the thought in their head. And that's mm-hmm. inaccurate. So the one thing that really surprised me, um, when I did suicide training years ago was, I didn't realize until they told me that when some people can threaten suicide, but when they, when they start to act happy, that's, that's when you want to be concerned because now they've got a plan and and they know they're going to be out of here. So now they're acting fine. But for years they were depressed and suicidal. Yeah. Follow your instincts. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. If we follow our instincts, you know, somebody asked me, um, they said, would you have wanted to know that your daughter was going to die? And I said, absolutely not. I wouldn't have lived. I wouldn't have been as present with her as I was. If I would have gotten those messages that I, in my dreams, if I would have figured out what they meant, I would have tried to lock her up and hold on to her. You don't get to do that. She was doing what she loved. She was surrounded with love when she died. I wouldn't trade any of that. And people said, some people thought I, I let too many people see her. My daughter, I, I, I asked her, please guide me. What do you want me to do when she was in a coma? If her friends were dying, she would want to see them. She yeah. would want to get to say goodbye. Yeah. And so I don't think I I, I, I encouraged her death, but like I changed her. Yeah. Or it's like you're saying, going back to right and wrong and good and bad. It's like, you know, you know what you, you do what you do with the knowledge you have, mm-hmm. but ultimately things are going to go, go along, you know, as they've been planned. I well, I will, I will end on this when Jess died in August and she visited her cousin and her best friend within a, within days, probably the next day of dying. So, but they were her cousin that wasn't so close to her and he loved her dearly, but they weren't super, super close, but she went to him because he could hear her. She went to her best friend, but then a couple months later, she went to an old boyfriend and they had been through something together. They had, they were pregnant and they decided not to have the baby. And she she didn't want to do that, but she did. She carried out an abortion and, um, she came to him and she said, look, cause she had broken up with him he, the week he was going to propose. And she said, I am so sorry. I hurt you. But after we terminated the pregnancy, I just couldn't get over it. And, um, she said, but I had to die young and I had to die in childbirth. So if we had had that baby, you would have been the husband and father and I would have still died. Now he was Pentecostal. He didn't believe in this stuff. And he, he called me months later and said, mom, I got to tell you something. And when he told me, I'm like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you send her to me? 
once she said that, it didn't take all my sting away, but she kept telling us it was her destiny. Why did I keep beating myself up going, if only I went to counseling one more time, if only I got one Mm -hmm. more specialist. Mm -hmm. That's a natural part of grief to think if I... Because we don't want to feel we don't have some control or some, but we do not have control over anything. We think we do. I I still struggle with that. I know I'm trying, you know, trying to live in the moment and the now, but I sometimes get clicked back over to, oh yeah, I have control. And, you know, not really. We wish we did. We do. Absolutely. And honestly, that's too big of a responsibility. I, it's a big responsibility to bring them in. Oh, it's peaceful to let go, right? Is I, I mean, I, to me, it's a much easier to to live in the flow and live in the moment than it is to try to think I have any kind of control. And I think, you know, I think about that saying, you know, when people say, Jesus, take the wheel, <laughs> that's what I think of, like what you're talking about. It's like, oh, okay, here you go. I'm going to sit in the passenger seat, <laughs> um, you know, which is, is is difficult to do. But if we can get there, you know, peaceful and very difficult in our society. Very, very difficult. You know, this was so incredible. I'm so glad that you took the time um, to to meet with us. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. This is, this is, this is the beginning of a whole new chapter. Yeah. So your timing and inviting me is, is lining up with my timing of coming forward. And I thank you. This is beyond sacred to me. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our latest episodes as soon as they drop. And if you love today's episode, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you.